Hi listeners, welcome to another edition of the Indian Cycling Podcast brought to you by the Bike Affair. This is your host Gokul and today we have our friend of the podcast Sandeep Sandeep Krishna with whom we had done a recording in the past analyzing the 2020 race season. So welcome back Sandeep. Hi Gokul, uh, very glad to be back on the Indian Cycling Podcast. It is among my favorite ones and very excited to be talking again about cycling and more specifically about the upcoming Tour de France starting in about four days from now, right? Correct. Yeah. This is uh, going to be a very exciting Tour de France and uh, we will uh, walk our uh, listeners uh, through this, uh, uh, through this uh, tour. So the, we, we plan to uh, do a few recordings of the uh, podcast covering the tour. So this is going to be the first episode uh, covering the uh, preview uh, leading up to the uh, tours, uh, talking about the parkour, talking about the various teams, the favorites and the various jersey contestants and our predictions. And we will also talk about uh, where uh, the listeners can uh, watch the race and so on. So, first, uh, for those listeners who, who, who have uh, not yet fully understood the intricacies of a Grand Tour, uh, you could uh, go back and listen to our, uh, uh, one of the episodes we recorded late last year, where we covered the uh, aspects of a tour on how it is different, uh, a Grand Tour, what are the constituents, how it is a uh, um, a team event, what are the various uh, races internally happening within the tour and so on. So I will put a link to that episode in the tour notes uh, on the uh, podcast notes. Uh, so if you if you don't understand the tour, probably that is a, uh, it, you will be better off listening to that episode first and coming back to this. So without much ado, so uh, Sandeep, can you talk us through the route of this year's tour. Right. So, Gokul, before we hit the route, I uh, want to say that I'm personally very excited about this iteration of the Tour de France. Mm -hmm. Because after so many years, uh, this is a very widely open and uh, a contest that I'm looking forward to, where, you know, the, the winner is not pre-decided before the tour. Unlike quite a few years that it has happened with Team Sky, Neos, you know, being the, the most dominant team by a huge margin. Correct. And with last year's amazing tour, uh, which was won by Tadej Pogacar, this year is just very exciting because this is pretty much uh, you know, going to be a three-way battle or a four-way battle. And uh, not just for the yellow jersey or the overall winner as we know it, but also for the green jersey. We have some fantastic sprinters. Uh, none of them who are head and shoulders above the rest. So again, a very exciting contest is awaited at the tour for the green jersey as well. Tour and uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, while I was uh, just uh, reading up and on the various aspects and I'm seeing, uh, we'll probably cover that towards the later part of the uh, episode. But right. the very interestingly, uh, it is more or less like the uh, the roles have reversed. I think uh, 
we are also going to see uh, uh, the attackers defending and the defenders attacking kind of a scenario where uh-huh. teams are going to are uh, probably looking at changing their uh, uh, tactics and strategies from the past so so the same teams may be behaving very differently this year yeah i think that is something to look forward to coming to the route and uh, general overview as uh, we all know that the tour basically uh, the 21 stage event consisting of mostly mass start uh, days and a couple of there are two uh, individual time trials uh, there are two rest days to you know give a breather for the riders and the audience Uh, making it a total duration of 23 days that is uh, you know we start on 26th june and end on 18th july uh, it's a very balanced tour route this year i feel there is enough uh, itt kilometers or time trial kilometers of about 58 which is actually among the higher side in terms of the uh, pattern if you look at for the last 10 years or only i think 2013 was uh, and you know in year where we had about 90 or 98 kilometers of individual time trial or total time trial kilometers if i'm not wrong okay so this year 58 is pretty high mm. compared to the last few years where we had about 20s or 30s max mm. and uh, both of those time trials are essentially flatish they are not like there's no mountain time trial this year so i think this will again give a lot of balance to the tour where uh, somebody who is very strong on the tt also has a chance versus uh, an elite climber who is just about decent on the tt so both of those kinds of riders can actually flourish yeah. in this tour okay uh the tour starts in brest and uh, goes through very long part of france as we know uh, the notes actually tell us that it crosses about 3400 kilometers you know of riding distance plus the neutral distance as you know we can probably talk on any other podcast someday yeah so that's a lot of riding for the all of these cyclists and uh, the first week is light on the mountains we just touch the alps a little bit uh, we are essentially located towards the west of france where we start off and it's a little punchy week there are a couple of punchy finishes with the you know finish ending up a small uh ramp shortish ramp compared to what you know tour de france is going to give us in the third week yeah uh, i think uh, the yeah. lot of our listeners will find uh, one aspect very interesting in the sense that uh, this year the tour starts from brest which is uh, very uh, commonly yeah. known amongst uh, the indian uh, cycling community because of uh, pbp as we call it uh, there which is the biggest randonneuring event which is essentially paris brest paris so so some of our, our uh, uh, last uh, edition of pbp i think 2019 uh, we had the highest number of participants from india in pbp and uh, quite a number of people uh, finished as well though the numbers were relatively lesser compared to the number of people who participated so lot of the uh, listeners would be uh, excited to know that uh, they have been uh, 
they have ridden in those uh, paths where uh, the tour is actually starting this year yeah that should be something for uh, the indian audiences and especially the you know participants for pbp correct yeah and also i think uh, this is uh, uh, by, while you are mentioning about the start th- it's going to be a very exciting start in the sense that uh, uh, one of the standout riders of the last uh, couple of seasons uh, matthew vanderpaul is uh, having his debut tour this year and uh, the opening stage is uh, something which uh, he would fancy i think it will be a classic uh, return of omoralas like a classic race with uh, the usual suspects of wout uh, van art matthew van der paul and julian ala philip uh, all of whom will be uh, contesting it and there is always the additional joy of uh, winning the first stage of uh, the tour because you get to wear uh, the yellow jersey uh, not uh, many of these guys are not uh, typical gc contenders though each of them uh, can possibly uh, do that in the later part but uh, so they not uh, wearing the yellow jersey for them would be something special because they may not get to wear, do that very often and uh, i think that will be a very uh, added uh, spice to the start of the tour itself Yes, and it's very prestigious to even wear the uh, maillot, as they call it in French, mm. the yellow jersey for even one day for one stage. Mm. So that's something that a lot of these pro cyclists aspire for their career to actually at least own one maillot. Correct. And it, interestingly, uh, if somebody actually wins the yellow jersey uh, on stage one, they can actually possibly hold it. uh you know relatively easily till stage 5 actually because until then it's almost sort of sprinter stages right except yeah the, the two stage 2 is again a very similar lumpy stage chaotic Correct. but if somebody you know one of these guys you know like uh Matthew van der Poel or Julian Ala Philip uh Wout van Aert and even uh, Sonny Colbrelli the newly crowned Italian road race champion Mm-hmm. all of these guys are capable of actually wearing it for five stages which is huge right? that's something they will cherish right? correct um, uh, yeah so yeah it's going to be a very exciting start for the for the season for the tour and Did- interestingly uh, the first two stages uh, you know are as we just discussed that they are very lumpy and they finish up on a sharp ramp correct and i was reading up somewhere that you know uh, some of the gc guys will be very nervous as well not that they would plan to or they intend to win the first couple of stages but just to stay safe you know not to lose a minute or even like 20 30 seconds the first two stages is going to be a challenge for them so like every year the first stage is again very chaotic first stage and the first week of racing essentially is very chaotic for all the gc guys as well because you know with the amount of you know folks in the peloton it's always risky to navigate through street furniture towards the finish just to be safe just to end in the peloton is, is a challenge for a lot of these gc guys yeah essentially i, I think it's a it's a very uh, uh, interesting aspect to uh, to highlight 
in the sense that uh, the so-called uh, domestics, uh, uh, their job in the first uh, uh, week, uh, even the domestics nowadays are specialist domestics uh, with regards to hill domestics or uh, even uh, lead out specialists or general classification uh, helpers and so on. And most of their job the first week is essentially to protect the uh, GC contenders from a crash. And uh, the way they would uh, uh, look to do it is to stay reasonably in the front of the pack because the this year has uh, 23 teams with uh, eight riders each. So uh, 184 riders. And uh, it's basically a race of attrition. You will see people crashing out and uh, dropping uh, out of the tour as the race progresses. So the, the first week, the domestics would job would just be to, to be right in that first uh, group, just uh, while not uh, being involved in all these uh, crazy sprints, uh, which the, the sprinters will be contesting, but still to be in the front group uh, so that uh, uh, to to place their uh, contenders from crashing. For example, like uh, Jaran Thomas uh, crashed out in the first week of uh, um, the uh, Giro d'Italia last year and uh, you know, broke his hip and you know, was out of the Giro. So like that, uh, they would definitely want to avoid that. And this has happened in the past as well. I think uh, Froome has crashed in the first uh, week of quite a few times and uh, lost out on um, you know, his uh, his uh, chances of the tour. So uh, that would be the primary target for all these uh, domestics. Right. And Richie Port is, you know, very famously known for crashing out, I think, three times on stage nine of the Tour de France. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, just about a week, just before the first rest day, uh, he has crashed three times on stage nine. Oh, okay. yeah. Poor guy, yeah. So, uh, and uh, the, the, the fifth stage is uh, ITT, right? Did you want to talk anything before that? Uh, uh, any, uh, any uh, you know, the, the stage three is going to be a classic sprinters uh, stage, right? And we will see the return of the Manx missile um, as he's uh, uh, famously known Mark Cavendish, who is back in the tour and uh, uh, he's a veteran and uh, even now he was not the first choice of a sprinter for Dukenic quick step, but uh, the, the defending green jersey holder uh, um, of his team, uh, Sam Bennett had an injury and he has not yet recovered from it. So, uh, so he, Mark uh, Cavendish, uh, got, gets to race this year. So, and he would be having uh, his eyes open for those prints. And uh, what he has got more than 25 stage wins in tours, right? Uh, 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 yeah, he has, Gokul, he has 30 stage wins, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. I think he is maybe two or so short of Eddie Merck's record right. or something. Yeah, I, yeah, I know he's I just a bit short of Eddie Merck's, but I, I thought uh, it was 25. Okay, cool. So, so when I just read yesterday that Mark has been uh, re, uh, you know, invited or basically he's on the squad for the Deaconic quick step, I was just thinking, uh, you know, that I'm sure Trish Basu, our, uh, he must have had a broad grin on his 
face, you know, when he would have found that out, no? He is a diehard fan of Cavendish. Since yeah. the time I, I've, I've met him. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I remember one of the, you know, there are so few uh, cycling movies and documentaries and uh, one of the uh, oft-repeated documentaries that uh, we have seen is Chasing Legends. Uh, yeah. Which uh, follows... Uh, uh, I think Motorola team uh, through one of uh, the tours and uh, obviously uh, the the uh, uh, the the star of that uh, uh, documentary yeah. is Mark and uh, the uh, I think uh, the comment was the HTC High Road yeah yeah the, HTC, the HTC High Road team yeah, yeah. so. So he, they talk about uh, how the similarities between a sprinter and a boxer and how uh, Mark uh, has those characteristics and you know, the, the, the way, the attitude that he has and uh, he's a complete team man and uh, even the way he leads his team, I think one of those uh, um, stages, they hit a section wherein uh, of crosswinds and he has to make a decision on the road uh, whether to catch up to the to the front group or not and uh, he just uh, puts all his team uh, uh, to catch up to that uh, front group and I think uh, that uh, that move turns out to be in favor of their uh, position so things like that it's he's really an admirable character and uh, uh, I think uh, uh, if you guys are interested uh, one uh, his uh, um, biography boy racer is a fantastic book to read and you will understand a lot about cycle racing there however just to uh, put a wrinkle in uh, krish basu's smile uh, he's he hasn't raised a lot so you know i don't know if he will actually meet the cutoff for the stage 8 which has seven or eight also i mean seven has about 3000 meters of climbing and eight you actually climb the Col de Colombia. So both of those are very hard climbs and he hasn't raised one of these, uh, you know, uh, warm-up events like the Criterium du Dauphine or the Tour de Cis. So let's see <laughs> if he can get past the first week. I mean, I, in, in fact, to be honest, I would uh, say that uh, he, he has had uh, too many crashes in the past. So... I, I would like to see him uh, safe and uh, give himself as many chances as possible. So, uh, he's just not been that lucky in the last few years with uh, too many crashes and ill health. So, I would like to see him yeah. uh, avoid crashes and uh, uh, stay safe. Because if he, if he can avoid crashes, I have... Uh, um, and uh, thankfully, he's coming out of a good form. He has won races for the uh, for the first time in the last few years. So I am sure he has that. Uh, he's in the right frame of mind. So I feel it's just about him uh, being there and giving himself a chance. And it's a matter of time uh, before he wins, uh, picks up one more stage win. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, he's a big crowd favorite and. Uh, very likable guy and you know, big crowd favorite as well. Yeah. Although, yeah, just to you know, talk about sprinters this year, you have Caleb Ivan as well, who is pretty much one of the top sprinters today. Correct. 
and Wout Van Aert, the man who can do everything, as we saw in the last Tour de France, and Sonny Colbelli, who's who's been fantastic this season. He's been winning a uh, lot of stages and just won the Italian National Road Race. Unfortunately, as we know, Bennett is not there. Correct. Who was would have been really uh, a top contender for a lot of these stages. And the evergreen Peter Sagan, obviously, again another huge crowd favorite. Yeah. It's not for winning stages, but just to animate the race and you know just have fun of on the bike, off the bike. Always fun to have, watch him. Yeah, but that uh, yeah that is kind of a slight let off this year because uh, he lost the green jersey uh, uh, war which he had so much uh, dominance in the last few years last year to Sam Bennett and uh, it would have been a very closely uh, fought battle this year to see if uh, Sam can take it back uh, yeah. or retain it. So unfortunately, that uh, battle is not something for this year. Sure, yeah. But still, we have plenty of, uh, you know, sprinters and, you know, yeah. good riders who can climb a bit to compete for the green jersey to give a, to give Shagan a good competition. I think Colbrelli and, you know, I don't know whether Wout Van Art is going to take a tilt at it or not, but both of those guys could actually give him a good uh, competition for this. Yeah, and... Uh... We don't know what uh, there is. There doesn't seem to be anything that Matthew Van der Poel cannot do. So <laughs> you need. Yeah. So carrying on the route. Uh, so you know, apart from the Col de Colombia that we encounter on stage eight, uh, the week two is again not super heavy on climbing, although you just climb Mount Ventoux twice on stage eleven. Yeah. Uh, and. You know, and then you know you have on at the end of the second week you actually hit Andorra, uh, the small Spanish conclave, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you actually hit an altitude of two thousand four hundred and eight meters. And Google is counting this year that there are five uh, mountains, actually four mountains uh, definitely that climb above two thousand meters this year, which is which is actually quite rare for a Tour de France. To have that many high altitudes, you know, uh, stages. Uh, so I think this is again something, uh, uh, you know, elite climbers, one of those top-notch climbers, are going to really find to their advantage. Uh, a guy like Pogacar uh, and Quintana. I mean, not that he looks like to be in it for the GC, but those guys really flourish when you know the race climbs above 2,000 meters because at that at that altitude, the the density of oxygen reduces, and it is much harder to breathe in. And the effort that you need, or you know, that your body exerts to be climbing at their ferocious pace, is just much more mind blowing. Correct. Yeah, I think uh, the, the Colombians would have uh, would be favorites there. Uh, of course, we don't have uh, Egan Bernal because he was. Uh, um, he was down with COVID post his zero victory, so uh, he's not in part of the um, tour team. Yeah. Even otherwise, I wasn't sure whether he would have been part of the team because of all the effort he has put into. Gokul, not to forget Miguel Angel Lopez. Hmm. He uh, this year transferred over to uh, Movie Star team, the Spanish outfit. 
he's again another of those colombians who's born at a really high altitude lived all his life there uh i'm sure he is going to be good as well for the gc and as well as one of these mountain finishes yeah um, and of course we have uh, um the we also have people like um, dan martin and uh, uh, the yates uh, uh, yates brothers are both the brothers riding this year or uh, is only adam riding no adam moved over to ineos this year and he couldn't he doesn't find a place in the eight okay. there's just too many leaders in ineos as we will discuss a little later on correct correct so simon. only simon simon yates rides for uh, team bike exchange mm-hmm. and since he was just coming off the giro d'italia where he uh, stood third he is apparently only chasing stages okay okay yeah and uh, i think uh, uh, yeah anyways the if if they are hunting stages uh, and uh, the the third week there are the general classification race is probably going to be very hot and uh, the the contenders may be watching each other so there is a good chance so that one of these guys will uh, break away and uh, go on to you know win a stage yeah actually that's an interesting uh... you know thing to talk about is well that there are this year there's so many huge superstars of the sport who are essentially only chasing stages so mm. apart from Simon Yates uh, Jakob Fuglsang mm-hmm. you know again uh, he has tried to win the tour de france for so many years he is again chasing only chasing stages his eyes on the olympics games olympics so him and uh, you know Vincenzo Nibali the Italian uh, you know old horse as we can call him now because doesn't look like he is uh, going to win another grand tour anymore he is also in in his you know team Trek Segafredo for just stage hunting anymore now uh, apart from that the good old Alejandro Valverde the ex world champion and the spanish superstar I think he is uh, 40 years old now I think if I remember correctly he is also in it for the stages yeah and uh, yes he is 40 years old and I think he managed to win a uh, stage in the giro right uh, I think criterium du dauphine or the ah. tour de suisse or something one of these uh, okay. I forget which one yeah he is still as good I mean in terms of his accelerations on steep hills which is just mind blowing at okay. that age and of course we have vincenzo nibali as well so so the shark uh, i don't i i'm not sure that he would be really um, uh, in shape to win the tour but uh, he might uh, as well throw in a few uh, attacks you know because uh, he is more of a gut feel based rider and i'm sure he will use his instincts and experience to and the Uh, the tactics to win races uh, um, uh, yeah stages rather than probably uh, looking at the gc at least towards the later half of the stage uh, the tour yeah and he's one of those guys who can descend like a demon and he's used that to his advantage in so many occasions correct to win stages to even put time on his gc competitors 
he's always a very entertaining guy to watch true so yeah i mean yeah again somebody to watch in the tour but somebody who's not going to win it just like our uh, you know ex fort ex champion chris froome again he merits a lot of he, i think he can be a topic for an entire new podcast but i think we should just give him a few minutes to talk about him no yeah so uh, while i was preparing for the podcast uh, you know i'm i've always been a big fan of uh, froome and uh, uh, i got one more uh, silly reason to uh, to like him so he was saying uh, yeah, i would uh, recommend everybody to see his uh, latest video on uh, as a precursor to the tour and uh, the reason i became a fan again was that he said he will split uh, um, cyclists into two categories the 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 pasta eaters for the carb loading and the rice eaters and he finds himself to be the rice eater so <laughs> <laughs> so one more reason yeah. but uh, jokes apart uh, i really loved that episode because uh, almost every tour we are talking about some team having uh, leadership leadership tussles and uh, uh, frumi himself has been part of those uh, with uh, sir bradley wiggins so um just uh, he is so happy just to be part of the tour again after uh, his injury and last year's uh, omission from the tour from ineos uh, so you could just see that he is genuinely happy and he is uh, more than uh, uh, willing to help uh, uh, woods uh, as a domestic and uh, um he, he did mention in that um, video that he is going to be carrying water bottles this year so i really loved that attitude coming from somebody who was uh, probably the the greatest grand tour rider of this uh, era you know, having won seven uh, grand tours and uh, uh, the the uh, tour de france four times so really can't uh, uh, stop admiring this guy and uh, interestingly while he is not the uh, gc leader he has got a unique uh, designation as the road captain so wherein i am guessing that he is going to be uh, enabling uh, mark woods to make decisions on uh, uh, on the road uh, uh, tactically to uh, to their advantage uh, based on the developments of the the various stages right yeah i think he would be acting like a mentor to michael woods uh, you know yeah. all of his experience mm-hmm. in the, the gc to you know help him and probably give him the best advice on the road yeah yeah but although i don't understand honestly the uh, the need of a road captain in today's era where everybody has their uh, ear piece you know talking directly to their director sportives yeah so i think it's an old concept that you know used to be prevalent before the radio came in true i think but it still continues at some level i don't know yeah this is something that only a pro rider at that level can probably uh, dig deep and share how exactly that works out how it, what is the exact yeah Uh, or for all we know it may be a role which is there in israel uh, startup nation only for this year just to satisfy or 
So, finally, yeah. everybody is human. We need to pacify some egos. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm sure even otherwise, uh, uh, like you uh, use the right word, uh, somebody who has won so many grand tours is, uh, uh, is going to be a great uh, mentor on the road for uh, Michael Woods, irrespective of whether he wins or not. Uh, not just... Uh, uh, just how to pace, what to attack, what to catch, what to leave. These are going to be interesting things that uh, um, um, that they can learn. Of course, uh, I am sure that is going to be the next topic as we move on to teams, whether uh, Team Sky, uh, somebody like a Vincenzo Nibali or a Alberto Cantredar are probably masters of that particular trade wherein they are more tactical and more... Uh, 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 so what to say, street smart uh, racers rather than the regular tempo uh, riding that uh, Ineos has uh, been uh, notorious yeah. for for the last few years. So, and uh, I'm sure this year it's going to be different though. Yes, I think the biggest challenge is going to be how do you outclimb uh, Tede Pogacar and Roglic. Yeah. I mean, as we saw last year that you know, in spite of Jumbo Visma being the, the dominant team in all respects, not teams uh, in yours, yet Pogacar just stuck to their trains and could snipe in a few seconds here and there and remain in contention till that uh, you know, penultimate time trial up that mountain where he just blasted him off. So that's something you cannot plan against, right? You, you have to... They had to just face that defeat right on the penultimate stage. Where by then they had kind of, I'm sure they believed they would win the tour. Again, yeah, I, I I remember very clearly how you were talking about their director sportive uh, almost hiding uh, Pogacar's form and uh, uh, in fact bluffing that uh, uh, Rigoberto Uran uh, is their uh, team leader last year and. Uh, so, so allowing uh, Pogacar to be slightly below the radar uh, for last year's tour. So, unfortunately, he is not going to have that uh, advantage this year. He is going to be obviously the most marked rider of this tour. Surely. And luckily for him, the team UAE has some reinforcements on the mountains for him. Correct. So, he has Doug. Uh, with Formolo and Rafael Maika okay. and Brandon McNulty, I believe. So three very decent, I mean, very good quality mountain domestics for him this year, which he missed, which he had absolutely no support in the mountains last year. Yeah, and uh, even so, Mark Hershey, who made his debut last year and uh, um, uh, won a stage as well, is a very exciting uh, rider. He's a former under-23 world uh, road champion. So... And uh, yeah. this young Swiss rider is also, I think he falls under the league of somebody like uh, um, Julian Alaphilippe. So he could hold his own on uh, some of those uh, hilly stages rather than the mountain stages. So he could be an able alley in the first uh, half of the tour. Absolutely. I think I'm sure Pogacar would be looking forward to you know, some protection and some guidance from a guy like Hershey in the first week or where things are, you know, a lot more like classics. That's where Hershey, a guy like Hershey would shine. Okay. So I think he has a very decent team this year compared to what he had last year. 
but that's kind of neutralized, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, with uh, retrospective vision, I can say that because uh, last year he he stunned the whole world by uh, winning the tour in a completely uh, novel way without a uh, regular team supporting him and so on and without any much uh, um, uh, climbing support from his own team. But uh, so this year, uh, especially like if I were a team in yours, uh, I would be using those three uh, potential uh, GC captains to to kind of uh, throw some, uh, um, you know, what to say, make some uh, gambling with uh, some of the stages, right? With uh, a few of their uh, riders probably staying behind and one of them attacking, leaving these guys to do a lot of work and probably tiring, uh, tiring them out and so on. So uh, while he has good support, it's... Uh, it's kind of uh, not a big advantage from last year because the last year the element of surprise was there and this year that's definitely not going to be there and he will need all the support he can. Surely, Gokul. However, on talking about team in yours and like we just uh, said that they have a lot of cards to play. So we have they have Gerant Thomas, an ex-winner, uh, Richie Port who was second overall last year. Richard Carapaz, uh, the guy who won Giro d'Italia last 2019, in fact. And uh, Tao Gegenhardt, who won it last year, 2020, Giro d'Italia 2020. And apart from that, a, you know, a bunch of uh, very high quality domestics. I think they have a separate problem here, right? They have so many cards to play that uh, unless they have a very clear cut hierarchy in their mind, they could be in trouble in a different way, right? Because what if none of them wants to work for the other? I mean, Carapaz, Port, Gerant Thomas are pretty much at a very similar level of uh, being favorite. So they might have a problem on, uh, a little differently than let's say a guy like Pogacar who has a team completely dedicated to him. Even though they don't have a you know, the support of what team Ineos can uh, give, but he has a very clear-cut team completely to him. Um, yeah, I mean, you are uh, very true, but somehow I have a feeling like uh, the the Jaran the Thomas has got that uh, uh, he's a very soft leader, unlike most other uh, leaders, and uh, is one of those few likable leaders in this uh, kind of a scenario. So uh, there is a good chance that uh, somebody like a, a Carapaz or a Tao Gagan Hart will work for him. But it can be a different uh, case with uh, Richie Porte because he has been, uh, he would be desperate in in some uh, ways because uh, he has always been the number two for so long for with so many people yeah. so richie port is running out of time so for with him it could be a little difficult but uh, uh, uh gerant with the kind of nature he has he may be able to uh, um get uh, people like uh, uh, at least tau uh, who is much younger to work for him uh, richard carapas again i feel is a very strong uh, uh, personality so 
it's something to be seen but uh, uh, it will definitely not work with people like say uh, uh, chris froome or uh, uh, yeah or no strong characters whereas uh, this guy is very different surely yeah uh, talking of the third uh, big favorite that's primoz roglic the guy yeah. who almost won it last year until you know pogacar just blew him apart in that time trial this year if you notice uh, his build up towards the tour de france is very different unlike the last few years where uh, roglic was basically steamrolling through all the stage races that he entered he would win pretty much all the uh, stage races that he entered in the last few years this year he has had a uh, relatively subtle start and in fact in the last two months he has not raced at all after the lege biest in lege uh, classic that he raced two months back which is very uh, different build up for him uh, in fact i, I was uh, thinking on the same lines if you see uh, the beauty of this tour is while we call these uh, three people the favorites each of them are coming into the tour without their strengths so so as to say in the sense that uh, uh, pogachar doesn't have the element of surprise which was in his favor last year uh, team ineos is uh, as uh, dave brailsford as uh, uh, himself said that they are going to be uh, riding a much more attacking uh, tour this year which is very uncharacteristic of uh, team ineos they of course found success in that last year's giro where uh, tau gegenhart uh, won the uh, uh, sorry the uh, yeah the the giro where uh, tau gegenhart won it uh, with uh, with a more attacking style after uh, jaren thomas crashed out in the first week and right primoz roglic uh, is somebody who seems to be in perennial form leaving out the last few days of the grand tour so uh, so he is coming off uh, he, he the the question always seems to be whether he would be peaking too early so uh, this year uh, that problem may not be there so each person seems to be in a very different mindset and a different uh, uh, level of preparation uh, from their usual style so that way but still they are the three favorites so that is a very interesting uh, scenario that we have right i think also this year if you observe the route uh, the third week is extremely hard there's a lot of climbing in the third week mm-hmm. and not so much in the first two weeks right relatively in, in mm-hmm. terms of speaking i think that's why probably roglic is trying to have a slightly slower build up unlike last years where you know he would be you know on form for like almost a month odd or two months you know winning tour de romandie and then tour de suisse and criterium du dauphins all of these things and before hitting the tour so i think that's why he's probably trying to build up the form slowly and progressively towards her third week to survive the onslaught he expects i think correct So, so who is your favorite gokul let me ask you this question so we have talked of three or four of these top favorites correct who do you think is going to win it the big one see i want uh, roglic to win uh, he is my you uh, know it's more like a fan at this point in time uh, 
uh, I really feel for him for having lost it last year. Uh, okay. Uh, so my heart goes out to Roglic, uh, but I think uh, Jumbo Visma doesn't have as strong a stream as they had last year, and also Wout Van Aert uh, uh, has had. has also been exactly in the same boat as uh, roglic in the sense that he has not raced from uh, april he had an appendectomy and all so uh, so team wise probably slightly uh, they had a superb team last year uh, it's very difficult to get a team like that again so they don't have such a strong team so my heart uh, wants uh, roglic to win uh, but i think uh, pogachar will win it again <laughs> right what about you what were your favorites so uh, i think it's going to be pogachar again who will win and i think i'm i'm rooting for him he won it in spectacular style last year at the age of 21 mm-hmm. i think he is again one of those uh, once in a generation kind of a rider again mm. just like i don't know i don't want to say eddie merckx because that's very cliched but can't think of anybody else maybe let's say like alberto contador who won his first tour de france as well mm-hmm. so he's he's somebody like that and he has just a huge diverse skill in cycling he actually won the liege bastion liege as well right uh, two Correct. months back mm. and as we saw he's relatively decent on the tt this year you know we have enough tt kilometers to make a difference mm-hmm. he is not somebody as strong as geran thomas in the tt for sure uh, nor as good as let's say roglic but he will not lose let's say more than a minute or or 6 70 80 seconds in the 58 kilometers of total time trialing and i think he will find that time in the mountains he will snipe that time in the mountains yeah and he's somebody who doesn't really have a bad days like we saw last year he did not really get left behind from the fan group ever yeah so i think my uh, hard i think says it's going to be pogachar again okay so there no <laughs> <laughs> it's no fun right yeah. gokul we don't have yeah we don't have anything to debate that's not fun yeah but i think uh, you uh we we would uh, however be very excited to see all the counter punches that inios is going to throw at him so yeah uh, I, this year they are going to have to attack to drop him so that uh, like is what i was telling earlier the the attacker becomes the defender and the defender becomes the attacker so they have their roles reversed so uh it is good to uh, it's going to be fun to see who, how they adapt to their new roles and who comes out on top so that way it's going right. to be very exciting race you know seeing uh, uh starting a tour with uh, uh dave brailsford uh, saying that his team is going to run an attacking style and not the usual boring uh, marginal gain stuff so it's, uh, <laughs> it's very exciting yeah. for the tour <laughs> also i mean although both of us seem to think it's going to be pogachar point to remember is that winning a gc in a 21 stage event like tour de france so many things can go wrong 
one puncture at the wrong juncture and you would lose minutes yeah and that's just one i mean there are just so many scenarios which can just turn away a small a small just you know distraction and a crash can take you out of the race like you know you can ask richie port about it yeah yeah so two names of folks that you know who will surprise us in the the tour de france what do you think ah uh, uh again i think i i wish uh, it to be uh, i don't think it is going to be surprise but uh, it will be so much exciting to see uh, uh mark cavendish win a stage uh, i i am because like uh, when we are talking about sprinters no the uh, again one uh, one important aspect to think about is uh, when we are sprinting there is a lot of power uh, generated and uh, uh, traditionally there have been uh, two kinds of sprinters uh, majority of them are the usually big strong guys who who generate like massive 1000 plus uh, watts of power and uh, uh, of course everybody generates 1000 plus watts but these big guys go almost close to 2000 watts uh, the and then there are people like uh, mark cavendish who generate much lower power but because of their smaller stature and their extremely aggressive uh, and uh, aerodynamic sprint form that they have they are able to still match these uh, uh, these sprinters in when it comes to considering the uh, watts per kg and the aerodynamic drag that they would uh, 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 carry uh, based on their size so caleb even is uh, taken that uh, particular uh, uh, style of mark cavendish to the next level i should say so uh, it's always it's almost like whenever mark wins it's, uh, it's uh, in some ways it's like a david versus goliath and uh, this year it is even more so when you have a veteran who's uh, uh, who's really near the fag end of his career uh, to come back and win stages you know wouldn't it be so much exciting to see mark cavendish on july 16th uh, you know uh, trading his piece <laughs> on the champelisi so uh, i really uh, or july 18th Uh, i would uh, be so excited to see him win uh, and uh, i i would like to uh, i am always been very excited to see uh, sepkus um, you know i i cannot uh, uh, forget that uh, commentator who talks about uh, him riding with his mouth closed so when uh, last year i think in the one of the grand tours uh, the commentators were so relieved when uh, during one of the steep climbs he actually started breathing through his mouth and then they huh. realized he is human so that guy is somebody to i would like him to see win a stage i think he's got a um, i don't think it's a surprise but i would like him to see uh, win something and uh, the duels between the trio of uh, matthew and paul uh, ala philip and wouton art are always exciting and uh, so is peter sagan so so yeah I'm, i don't think any of these guys are uh, winning for the, any of these guys is going to be a surprise but uh, whenever they win they make a mark so so yeah so i would like to uh, i'd like to see these duels coming through 
by the way uh, the, the biggest uh, uh, thing i am excited about this tour is uh, you know at the cost of uh, repeating myself for the nth time is going to be um, whether really dave brailsford can pull pull it again in terms of uh, at, at riding an attacking grand tour he did uh, manage it last year uh, which probably even he did not expect to succeed in the in the giro so whether he can pull it again and how well he marshals the resources that he has is going to be a very interesting uh, um, thing to see i you know uh, they they have names like kwitowski uh, uh, in their team you no know? who knows kwitowski can go and uh, attack uh, one of those uh, uh, mountains in the second week and uh, cause a stir and you know cause some confusion amongst people whether to follow or not with uh, g sitting behind uh, pogachar and attacking towards the end you no know? it's it's going to be uh, again the, uh, somebody like uh, kwitowski is probably more uh, equipped to attack but whether g can uh, counter attack uh, uh, pogachar when they catch up is going to be a very interesting thing to see right and you know talking about mark cavendish like you were, i mean just wanted to remind you that his old nemesis andre greipel is also in the race they had so many rivalries over the years in tour de france uh trying to win against each other also is arnaud demar another sprinter from uh, you know, relatively few years back so it's almost like it's 2015 back again right like all yeah. the old guys are back again sprinting <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, um you there are uh, a few very exciting belgians again who who i really admire the um former world champ uh, olympic champion greg van Am- van amart and uh, philip gilbe uh, both of these guys uh, are veterans and you know they are capable of uh, pulling out uh, um uh uh say break away and uh, winning it and you know? these guys are again always yeah. exciting to watch so um, i i still remember the 2018 or 17 tour when uh, philip gilbe uh, fell over a, a cliff something very similar to the way um remco fell last year uh and then he went on and completed that stage uh and the next morning he put a photograph of his knee which was the size of a bro- football he had broken his knee and he, he ended up uh, still went on to ride and finish the race i i can't imagine how somebody could do that so uh, they are always the none of these guys are uh, less exciting to watch and each of them is a huge champion in their own terms no so each team is studded with so many uh, people who have achieved so much and who who have such courage uh, so uh, so all you should not uh, it would be you uh, you know giving them very little respect if we don't appreciate uh, the the amount of effort they put in like no we you know in a 40 minutes podcast we didn't even touch upon tony martin who is going to probably do bulk of the pulling for the majority of the tour 
so you know a four time iitt world champion no who's going to grind that big gear yeah. in the front of the uh, peloton pulling the peloton for majority of the time so that is the level of uh, uh, competition that is there in the tour and so i think uh, uh, not mentioning some of those is uh, just because of lack of time but not really anything to take away from what these guys can do on their day i mean like you were mentioning that there are 184 riders who are going to be taking part in it i mean it just uh, goes without saying that each one of them has actually uh, accomplished so much even in pro cycling to actually uh, get a ride into the tour de france i mean we might often kind of ignore the you know the you know the lower 60% of the riders and imagining only the top 20 30% of the riders being you know the superstars but each and every one of them is just minds and uh, you know heads and shoulders above anybody else in the sport to get to this event yeah yeah i mean yeah as a, uh, like and you know the, the the amount of dedication these guys have is like you no know, amazing even in that uh, i was referring to the earlier earlier uh, video about that uh, frumi had uh, uh, released a few days ago in uh, in as a preview to the tour so where he starts off uh, by talking about uh, his uh, his struggles with uh, achieving the right uh, body fat percentage <laughs> so these yeah. things are so so particular and he is still measuring himself every day and uh, uh, and uh, trying to get that right balance of weight and in fact i think gcn has recently released a video i i just saw the topic but i didn't really see the video wherein they were debating whether the tour is uh, two riders are getting or champions are getting taller and lighter so <laughs> something uh-huh. which all of us would like to do <laughs> right so i think we will uh, wrap it up on that note but uh, before we wrap it up uh, uh, um, sandeep came up with a good idea so why don't you uh, tell us what that uh, idea that you had sandeep so uh, now like you we were discussing earlier before we started recording the podcast prokul let's just take this opportunity of uh, you know enjoying the tour de france together with yeah. others who may actually be interested in the sport but may find the, you know understanding the wider context of it a little daunting for now correct so how about we post a daily summary of the stage after it happens yes. on the facebook page of the indian cycling podcast and anybody is free to you know come over and you know maybe ask what they you know how they enjoyed that particular stage or who they thought they admired in it and even ask questions about anything that they saw on the stage that they probably wanted you know a little more elaboration or or you know they might have more queries about it and you know i think it would be good interaction uh, i think we all can take away something from that kind of a discussion and uh, i think we already planned to have a weekly recap of the race right yes to discuss yeah. yeah 
yeah so we in that weekly recap we can uh, discuss some of those questions and opinions and you uh, know to make it more interesting and uh, uh, we still have a few podcast t-shirts to give away so uh, for uh, for some of the uh, most interesting questions uh, we can uh, give uh, send you the t-shirts for the listeners yeah that sounds interesting so you know when a t-shirt as well as try to get a feel of the tour yeah that's a pretty interesting prospect yeah so we will end on that note and before i finally sign off uh, there are at least two uh, 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 modes through which you could follow the tour uh, i i am a big fan of gcn plus because uh, uh, you have a a much longer coverage of the tour uh, than the traditional tv channels and of course eurosport is also uh, uh, covering it in the traditional tele uh, if you want and i'm sure there will be a lot of uh, uh, youtube hacks as well but uh, uh-huh. two sure short ones are uh, gcn plus and uh, eurosport on tv yeah i'm watching it on the gcn plus app as well gokul i think it's very good this year They yeah have pretty much coverage of every race that you might want to watch now yes i mean uh, these guys are really awesome uh, the the amount of content that they have and i really appreciate the fact that uh, they are producing quality content and i'm more than happy to pay for it you know considering yeah. the amount of effort they put into creating those uh, uh, documentaries as well right and i quite like daniel lloyd's commentary as well Yeah, yeah, and they, they they keep pulling each other's legs, and you know, it's fun. <laughs> cool. And uh, thank you uh, very much, uh, Sandeep. And uh, I'll catch up uh, with you again in a few days uh, to uh, to cover the first week of the tour. And uh, let's uh, hope and uh, uh, join the excitement of a. Uh, of a great tour uh, this is the 108th edition of the tour and uh, uh, it's really a miracle to say that even in these troubled times uh, both the tours are both 2020 and 21 the tours are happening that is one of the very few sports wherein the the main events have not been disrupted so um, i think we should be thankful to that and uh, um, let's uh, let's enjoy watching this and debating it together Okay Gokul okay thanks for the podcast yeah